What is up? You are listening to episode 11 of the Theta Game podcast, the official podcast of ThetaGame.com. My name is Junie, and thanks for tuning in. Real quick, just a disclaimer, these are my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. Thanks. Alright, uh, quite a little bit to talk about today. Let's just go ahead and jump into our weekly plays, or at least what the plays played out this week. Um, last week, I opened Short Iron Condors on Roku, Netflix, and Shopify. Um, those are very much in the green now, and I'm expecting them to stay green because they were green at Friday close, and the market should be getting a small bump from futures action um, that it looks like right now. Um, also, sold call credit spreads on Beyond. Uh, one trade, or I did two of them. One trade worked out really well. I got an early assignment. And I just sold the stock right away, and I profited probably around, like uh, I have here on the site, $310. But then I did the same bet, thinking, you know, Beyond will continue going down. And then uh, that did not go so well with the McDonald's news about McDonald's opening these um, or rolling out this Beyond Meat strategy in some Canadian stores. So Beyond th- then went on to get like a 10% uh, bump the next day. So the lesson here is definitely like you just want to have a strict trading plan or like have these trading guidelines, right? Like obviously keeping my position size here uh, saved me from blowing up um, because my max loss was always 500. So, you know, any given time the position could go totally against me. But I know that in the very, very end of things, I could only lose up to 500 and that's what I'm comfortable losing with. Um but you know, if because I had one big on my first Beyond contract, the call credit spread I opened up on the 24th last week, the one that got early exercised and I came out ahead by $310. If a new trader came in and experienced that sort of win, you can imagine like them having a thesis of like, okay, yeah, Beyond's gonna just keep on tanking. Why don't I just up my bet and they arbitrarily uh, like raise it uh, with a max loss of like 5k. And then, boom, the next day, McDonald's announces this new product rollout of Beyond, and you're out 5K, and you're just like, wow, this market is manipulated, blah, 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 and you, you, know, you just got caught with your pants down uh, for being greedy. So this is the... This is the best case um, scenario that can happen to me, right? Where, you know, I get reminded <laughs> there's silver lining and everything. You know, I just have to say that a $429 loss is the best thing I thought could happen to me. Yeah, right. No, um, it's moments like these that I really, really reflect on. And it's like nothing is ever guaranteed. So, you know, here on out, I'm going to be a lot more strict on my $500 max loss. And um, I just hope you guys can, you know, tag along, maybe follow a few trades or something. But um, that's very much the mentality I'm going to be going with is keeping my position size static. Nothing is ever guaranteed. Um, but <laughs> my thesis on bind, <laughs> I keep calling it bind. My thesis on beyond is definitely bearish right now. Um, you know, this McDonald's pop is something. There might be a short squeeze, who knows, and no one could ever call it. If some, if everyone would be able to call it, it's, everyone would be able to be rich. But I don't know. Beyond it, growth stocks right now just don't seem that safe, right? Like Netflix, Roku, and Shopify. I feel like if your earnings call depends on subscriber growth uh, right now, then the market has a negative outlook on that because we're trying to look for value stocks right now, right? Um, big money is going away from momentum stocks and into value stocks. So 
although I could be pretty bullish on some few tech companies I think right now is just a little bit too risky to bet any sort of direction on tech so right now at least for my short-term options for like maybe like two weeks out I choose to open with a very neutral strategy like a short iron condor as opposed to my previous strategy of opening up um, a put credit spread uh, with a bullish position right because right now it's a little bit too choppy with all these trade talks going on and momentum versus value propositions going on so um, again you don't want to be caught, caught with your pants down here you want to make sure that you know you're not making uh, biased decisions uh, you know it's definitely better to ha pick neutral strategies during this time because you know although um, Trump can tweet like one tweet and make us go to the moon he can also e just as easily tweet one tweet and make us drill to the earth's core um, but more likely than not there will be a lot of dead time in between that so uh, you're looking at like very choppy market going up and down up and down and you hope to eat that premium with uh, short iron condors um, to maximize that value all right, that was a bit of a tangent, but we're going to dive just a little bit more deeper into that uh, on today's topic. But just real quick, uh, for the weekly plays of this week, I'm looking to open more Iron Condors. I don't know on which companies just yet. Um, perhaps if the Iron Condors I currently have right now um, you know, sell for that 50% uh, profit mark or profit trigger on Tastyworks, I'll go ahead and maybe reopen a further... Uh, out the money or further dated one um, but this week on Wednesday uh, after market close we got Bed Bath & Beyond earnings call um, I think a few you know traders can remember how the CEO went out and said uh, on the earnings call that their new strategy was to print more coupons or something something like that and you know the market uh, did not like like the 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 bold strategy of sending out more coupons so um it's interesting to see you know where exactly this company is going it's had a bit of a run-up on low volume uh up until this week so you know people are definitely looking at this stock because it's definitely going against the trend of current uh the current sp uh, spy uh price movement uh where it's uh bed and beth beyond is going up while spy is going down so this could be a very much like sell the news uh, moment here, but stay tuned. I'm not uh, going to be doing any sort of earnings play on this. I'm staying away from earnings at least for probably another month. Um, but this month, though, at the end of this month, is uh, definitely juicy. There's like a whole bunch of tech companies doing earnings. It's about to get super choppy, super volatile, super great bets coming your way at the post uh, post credits of the show i'm just super super excited um but yeah so we have ben and beth and beyond uh after close on wednesday all right moving on the new thetagang.com website updates you can now reply to users and your replies no longer take up room on the homepage, right? Like I felt like following a thread, a thread. I'm using air quotes that you can't see. So, oh my God, uh, I felt like you know replying to people uh, on the homepage was 
excruciatingly hard to keep track of. So now everyone can reply to each other on the main comment thread of each like comment. So that's nice. That took me quite a bit of time to do right because I didn't want to rush it. So I reformatted everything. Everyone's comments got wiped. Uh, but you know, there's that this small disclaimer because you know that's gonna happen because your boy works really hard to make sure the tech is right for you guys. And I'm learning a lot. Uh, and I hope you guys can enjoy the experience because I would hate to build a site that no one likes using because that is a waste of time um, so that's new um, next coming up is the uh, feature where you get notified if someone tags you you know if you do the at symbol with Juni and you post a comment then I'll get like a little notification somehow or maybe next time I come on the website I have like this little bubble I don't quite know what I want to do yet um, as well as the feature to enter your own trades is coming uh, that's gonna come with fancy graphs and stuff so that's gonna be pretty cool and then after that I want to be able to upvote comments so a lot to do uh, and I'm excited to do it um, yeah I'm just I'm just super super thankful that everyone's following me and uh, supporting me on this it's just an honor and a privilege to just work on this and call it a hobby it's, it's nuts all right uh no direct script on this one i want to be able to talk to you like i just talked to my friends and uh hope it clicks the today's topic is writing and selling contracts right um the biggest hurdle i feel that uh people have trouble getting over is selling a contract but first before we get into that selling and writing a contract um, is the same thing so if I said I sold you a uh, Tesla call right then that means I also wrote you a Tesla call those are synonymous those are the same word wrote and uh, sell so if you're a you know options veteran you're probably rolling your eyes and you're like oh my god this is so simple why are you going over this everyone knows what options are blah 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 well the truth is uh mr chad uh not everyone does uh, in fact i think a lot of people have trouble conceptualizing what writing or selling contracts is you know theta gang being uh the first of all the best website on the planet uh, also boasts you know writing options or selling options uh, is better than buying options or at least it's more profitable in the very 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 long run and especially for very 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 average retail investors like me and you know much like other people all right uh, let's just begin by talking it out right like what is a contract uh, like an options contract the options contract represents 100 shares it is you know uh, cheaper than buying 100 shares because it is only a representation or a promise of 100 shares so if you bought a call option for Apple and let's just say a magic land Apple costs 100 bucks just to make this easy right Apple costs 100 bucks and you can buy 100 shares of Apple for 10,000 bucks right or you can buy a uh, Apple contract, uh, a call contract, uh, you know, for maybe a hundred bucks. And you're probably wondering, well, you know, if a call contract uh, represents a hundred shares, why would you just not buy the one hundred dollar version, right? That that seems that seems like a pretty good deal that you're you're getting that um, that type of margin. Oh, well, but here's the thing. So the ten thousand dollar version of buying one hundred shares, right? When you buy a hundred shares of Apple for 
ten thousand bucks in this example because Apple shares each cost a hundred. Um, you get to hold that forever, right? You get to keep that for like the next century. You know, if you're living by that time, maybe you're like a hundred thirty years old, right? You'll still have the Apple shares. That's the beauty of shares. You can just hold them forever and the market will you know generally insistently go up and you'll be fine in the long run um, if you buy an option you are typically uh, aiming to have the stock go a certain direction like if you especially if you buy a call option you're expecting it to go up because these options have prices on them because they represent a hundred shares of stock they also represent a hundred shares of stock at a certain price okay so let's try like a mini exercise here Let's let's just imagine um, that you know you are very bullish on Apple and you think Apple will go up five percent for this upcoming business quarter, right? In in these three months, you think Apple will go up five percent. So Apple trading right now at one hundred dollars. You go out to the stockbroker like Robinhood or Tastyworks, and you buy the Apple contract for 105 that expires in three months. So that's maybe like you know maybe end of December. So like, let's just pick a date. Like um, you buy a contract that expires on December 27th uh, for Apple 105, and then to play that back to you, you are buying a Apple call that expires on the 27th for the 105 strike price and this means you went to your app you looked up Apple you went to the December section where all this December options are all the expiry 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 dates are for December and you went to 105 and you clicked buy call option uh, in that section right there right so you now own a call option for Apple with a strike price of 105 that expires on December 27th sorry if that's a little bit repetitive but I understand like you know it, it, I really have to say these examples over and over again um, if uh, <laughs> you know you do if the, I don't have any graphics to accompany this podcast because <laughs> you're literally just like listening to my voice and you know and you're just you're kind of just chilling in your car right there so anyway uh, you have that call contract now this is where things get can get really really complicated if some old financial dude wanted to go off on you using hella jargon but that is hella whack and your boy is not about to do that to you someone uh, out there you know teaching options at this point would probably start teaching you some of the things that you might not know as Greeks uh, but that is something super advanced and something you won't quite grasp yet until you get the uh, general flow of how options just just work right so let me give you this example you uh, went on to Wall Street bets you learned how to buy your first call option and this was it right you just now learned to buy your first call option for Apple I'm gonna say it again you buy your first call option for Apple for the 105 strike price uh, that expires on December 27th okay now if if uh, Apple is uh, you know over 105 by December 27th you will profit on this trade the difference of the current stock price and the strike price that you bought it at right so imagine you spent a hundred bucks uh, to buy this 105 call option if you you know if 
by December 27th, Apple was trading at like 110, then you'd be profiting around, uh, you know, 400 bucks if you add in the cost of the trade of, you know, the $100 you spent. So that is calculated by the strike price that it reached because you need the option to have gotten into the money, which is AKA another word for uh, you being right on your bet. So if you buy a call option for 105 that expires in December for Apple at 105, if it crosses 105, meaning you are correct, um, that gives uh, the obligation to you know buy more shares um, at that current strike price at 105 but you don't care about that because you chose option a you want it to be uh, just this middleman of um, obligation I, I think that's the best way to say it uh, you never want to really hold, be holding shares you buy options because you don't want to necessarily own 100 shares you don't want to spend the capital of owning 100 shares you'd rather just you know um, handle the contracts or aka promises and capture the difference on these promises and this is totally normal right like the majority of average retail traders uh, don't exercise their options if the call option our call, our Apple call option went f super deep in the money and say for example you know uh, Apple shoots to $200 because you know uh, maybe Apple gets free factories in China because China is scared of the trade war and they're super nice to Apple so Apple gets this amazing deal with China and gets free factories and shoots up to 200 and um, our call contract uh, that lets us buy Apple Apple at 105, uh, you know, is and the stock price is now trading at 200. The option price will now reflect that. So your options just multiplied heavy, right? Your options represent 100 shares, and each of those 100 shares just went up 95 bucks. Uh, yeah, you're getting paid out bigly on that trade, like on a multiplier that I, I, I don't even want to do the math on right now. You'd get paid out at least five digits, uh, and that's the very least. So let's do a very, very quick recap, right? You know that if a call option goes in the money, if you're correct about the bet, you will be generally up. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of reasons or a lot of factors that go into pricing a stock option uh, there's volatility there's all these different Greek metrics but one very important one that we need to discuss is the time so if we took our you know very fiction example of uh, you know this Apple call of 105 costing 100 bucks that expires on December 27th if you bought these uh, Apple 105 call uh, that expired like next March, right? Like you add three months more worth of time on it, you're probably going to have to pay maybe 200, 300 more dollars uh, for that call option because you have more time on that contract for you to be correct, right? So in this case where you know Apple shoots to 200 or above 105 you're super rich you're super bigly imagine if you wanted to you know maybe buy a cheaper contract because you know you don't you didn't want to spend a hundred bucks for the 105 call option that expires on December 27th maybe you only bought the you know option expiring on November 18th uh, for the 105 call option but you know by that time Apple hasn't shot up yet to you know 110 or 200 maybe Apple has just traded flat 
Well, then you reach a scenario where your option expires out of the money or AKA worthless because not only are you not able to buy or you, well, you shouldn't buy, but not <laughs> to make it simple, we'll just say you can't buy it. But imagine, you know, you bought the 105 call, but by November 27th, I think that's what the example I said, or November 18th or whatever, whenever that November date I just said it was, uh, if you get to that date then and it hasn't reached 105, there's no reason for you to spend that money to uh, buy it for 105, especially if it's trading lower because it's just better to uh, buy the stock outright without having to buy it at a premium um, of 105. So... We just talked very briefly about what it's like to buy call option and what you expect when you buy a call option, meaning you want the strike or the price of the stock to generally go up. Um, vice versa, you can do that same exact bet with a put and you would want the stock to go down. But more along the lines, you want to be uh, the seller of these options or, I mean, I'm just trying to make the uh, pitch for it. So if you buy a contract you are always against time if you buy this 105 apple contract apple is currently trading at 100 what happens if the trade goes flat right if the trade goes flat until you know december well your option expired out of the money and you're out 100 bucks that goes for november 18th which is even sooner from today's date which is september 30th but point being Every time your call contracts or any sort of contracts expire out of the money, that is money wasted, right? Someone pocketed the premium you paid for that contract. So real quick, there are three scenarios that happen when you buy a call or put contract, right? Uh, and this is assuming that you're buying it naked, which is, again, another video for later. Um, but for now, let's just assume that you just buy a call or a put. Uh, for example, this for a call, if the stock traded up, congrats, uh, especially if it goes over 105, uh, you're looking at being green on the trade, you are getting some sort of return. However, there are more bad things that can happen than good things uh, when you buy a call. For example, the stock can trade flat, meaning the stock price doesn't move much, or it could go up and down up and down up and down over and over again not really going anywhere right there can be violent moves up but there can also be violent moves down you ultimately ending trading flat and you have not reached 105 because you are trading flat you are out of 100 bucks and the third and last scenario is if you know if the stock price goes down away from your 105 strike price you've also lost out 100 bucks that you spent on that contract so in this very raw primitive high level example there are two scenarios where you lose money and only one that you do win money right now imagine that we can flip the roles, right? Imagine, um, you know, you, you decide, hey, Junie, I want to actually be the one to sell you the 105 because, you know, I don't believe Apple will be at 105 by December. Then, you know what? I can go to you and then I, go, I put an order into the market and say, hey, I want to buy a 105 Apple contract for December. And then, you know, there's a bid that shows up and on your side, you can write or sell me a 105 call option.
and soon after you riot it and you sell it to me now you are chilling right if the stock trades flat you're happy or if the stock goes down you're happy you have two scenarios to be happy I have to hope that Apple goes up and only up past 105 past the $100 that um, I paid for it so it has to go above 106 um, and you know to each their own. Everyone has their own trading thesis, own tra trading strategies. Maybe you, you're buying from a you know a, a very popular technical pattern. You're buying on the shoulder of a rising wedge, bippity boppity boop. You know, it, it's <laughs> everyone has everyone has their own thing. Everyone has their own thing, and um, I just rather prefer to be on the side that doesn't care if the stock trades flat or in a certain direction. Or you know sometimes you know if the market's really choppy, uh, for example, I like doing short iron condors because I believe the stock you know will move violently, but you know it'll stay pretty static in one spot because there's so much good positive news and so much bad news frequently that it's bound to be choppy, and that's that's my thesis going into uh, this week. All right, so that's about it. I wanted to keep this as simple as possible because I understand, you know, a lot of the listeners of Theta Gang are <laughs> driving when they listen. So, you know, I don't want to be slamming numbers into your brain, especially if you're about to start work soon because that's super whack. But I want to be able to talk to you and just explain to you how the general flow works uh, of buying an option versus selling an option. Real quickly, I want to talk about the scenario of what happens when you are the seller of the Apple 105 contract and the Apple stock goes up to 200. You know, you know how I said if you bought the 105 and that scenario happened, you'd be very very happy. The seller of that 105 is not very happy, right? Especially if they were selling it naked. And this is a different uh, video or not video, <laughs> YouTube days, good times. Um, this is a bad scenario for the option seller. However, I have a previous episode called Choose the Size of the Steamroller. That is episode one. And I also have a previous episode of Position Size, which I think might have been episode eight or something like that. But what you want to do in these scenarios when you sell options is make sure you have your risk defined. You want to be selling uh, spreads and not selling naked in case if something catastrophic like that happens. Um, because you know, if in that in that scenario, if you sold the 105 and the stock went to 200, you're out tens of thousands of dollars. Um, but if you were to sell, or you know, in this very specific case, if you were to buy the 110 call of Apple uh, to cap your max loss, you'd only lose like 500 bucks or even less than that. You'd lose like 400 bucks if the Apple stock went up to 200 because the call option that you bought to hedge against your um, call option that you sold for at 105 uh, hedges that bet. So in if case it goes to 200, the 110 that you bought uh, also goes up bigly so that you gain uh, to hedge those losses that you sold from the 105. Uh, but that, again, is a little bit more advanced. You can see why I held this for the end of the podcast. I didn't want to just slam that example in the middle because that is just a little bit too hard to understand if you're the beginner. But uh, I hope to uh, record a few more episodes like this describing the very general uh, outlook of each trading strategy of like when you would do it and why you would do it. 
um, and what to expect. So this one or this episode being, you know, you probably want to be the seller of the option. I hope I made that clear um, because you have two scenarios to win as opposed to one. Um, and if you have any questions, of course, you can tweet at me at Real Theta Gang on Twitter or email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. Uh, I'm always there to help. All right, that's it. Um, real quick shout out to new Patreon supporter, Mr. John Pitchko. He's been following me on Twitter since, you know, basically day one of the Real Theta Gang Twitter account. Uh, super nice guy. Um, he's been selling a few options here and there, learning from, you know, questions he asks on Twitter, as well as, you know, um, just looking at the Theta Gang site. So just welcome. All, applause all around. Uh, and an extended shout out to Mr. IV, the first uh, Patreon supporter that uh, uh, Theta Gang has ever had. So that's a little bit of a history moment. He's got a cool flair to commemorate that. If you want a cool flair, and or if you want SMS text alerts of when I open and close trades, go ahead and support me on Patreon. Uh, infos are on the site uh, and Patreon page. And real quick reminder that Theta Gang and Tastyworks are partnered up to bring you the most pleasurable <laughs> options experience possible. So if you want SMS trade alerts and uh, flares, you can also just do sign up uh, via referral code for Tastyworks. Information also on the ThetaGang.com site is available. Um, I feel like I just lost my words there, but I think you guys <laughs> understand what I mean. Love you guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate the comments I read, all the you know fan mail I read in my email. It's uh, super motivating. I am just super excited to work on this every night after I get home from work. I might be super tired. I might be super hungry at times. I might be <laughs> get extra tired at night because it's 12.56 a.m. Monday morning as I'm recording this. But I love it, though. It's super fun. Thank you guys for listening, um, and you'll hear from me next week. Thank you.